Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today we're talking about fierce self-compassion. Fierce self-compassion comes from a book that I read by Kristen Neff. She's a researcher who has studied self-compassion for two decades now. She's at University of Texas at Austin, and she not only studies self-compassion, which you would think is like a warm and fuzzy kind of thing, she studies self-compassion and what its alternatives are and what happens when you are compassionate with yourself and how you can be using kindness and compassion to care for yourself in a way that is strong, that has a backbone, that protects you, that provides for your needs, that motivates you. Self-compassion can be comforting and nurturing. We know that. But the principle for today is that self-compassion can also be fierce. It can lead us to do hard things like setting boundaries, meeting our own needs, and making personal development changes. I want to share Neff's work with you today on fear self-compassion so that we can begin to practice having the kind of self-compassion that causes us to stand up and take action for ourselves. The first thing we need to know about self-compassion is that it has three different components or parts. So the first part is mindfulness, which is really becoming aware that something's wrong, that something actually needs our self-compassion. You might say, this is a moment of suffering. This hurts. This is hard. This is stress. It's recognizing that something is difficult right now. The next part is what Neff calls common humanity. Common humanity means that you're not alone. Suffering is a part of life. Other people feel this way. I'm not alone. We all struggle in our lives. The third part of self-compassion is self-kindness. It's this desire to be kind to yourself in that moment, whatever form that kindness might take. So may I be kind to myself in this moment? May I give myself the compassion that I need? May I learn to accept myself as I am? You may need to forgive yourself or may I be strong or may I be patient? This trio of self-compassion elements is foundational to all self-compassion work. So mindfulness, this is hard right now. Common humanity. I'm not alone. Everybody goes through this stuff. Self-kindness. I'm going to be kind to myself in this hard moment right this minute. This is the kind of language that Neff recommends when you take a self-compassion break. Anytime when you're overwhelmed, things aren't going your way, it's just life gets tough. You just say, I'm going to take a self-compassion break. I'll be back in a minute. You go to get a drink of water. And in that time you're walking to the drinking fountain, you say, this is hard right now. This is difficult for me. This is stressful. This is a moment of suffering. I'm not alone. Lots of people go through stuff like this. We all struggle in our lives. We all suffer. Other people have these same feelings. I'm going to be kind to myself right here in this moment. I'm going to accept what's happening. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to do what's needed for me to be kind and take care of myself. So now that we've got the basics, this is hard. Everybody goes through hard things. I'm going to be kind to myself in this hard moment. Now we can move forward and look at three new reasons to have self-compassion. Three reasons that tend to bring on a fierce, active kind of self-compassion. And those are times where we need to protect ourselves, 
to provide for ourselves or our needs and to motivate ourselves. Let's take a look at each one. The first self-compassion break that we're going to take a look at is when you feel the need to protect yourself or stand up for yourself or stand up to someone or maybe draw some boundaries. You can take a little self-compassion break right in the middle of that situation where you notice it's happening, or you can practice by sort of calling up an experience where you felt like you needed to stand up for yourself and maybe didn't. And so in that moment, we want to use the three different parts of self-compassion. We want to use the mindfulness to notice what's happening. We want to use the common humanity to connect ourselves to others and not feel alone. And then we want to use self-kindness to actually show compassion for ourselves in that moment. So what does that look like when you're trying to protect yourself? You might say something like, I see what's happening here, or this isn't right. This isn't okay. This person is crossing a line. You got to find the words that are right for you to say, this is what's happening. That's not okay. I like how Brene Brown explains it when she says clear is kind and clear is saying what is okay and what's not okay. That means getting really clear on what's happening and noticing this is not okay. Then the second part is to say, everybody experiences this at some point. I'm not alone in this. There are other people who are going through this. And in a way, when you stand up for yourself, you're kind of standing up for them too. It's sort of like the Me Too movement. When everybody was saying, this happened to me too, this happened to me too, we unify and we realize we're not alone in these difficult things that happen to us. The last part is to commit to ourselves to be kind to ourselves in that moment. Kristen Neff in her Fierce Compassion book likes to associate some sort of a strong body language to go along with this commitment to be kind to yourself. So for example, you might put a fist over your heart to say, I'm strong, I'm brave, I can be kind to myself and find ways to keep myself safe. That's why I'm doing this is because I need to be safe and I'm doing it to be kind to myself. It's a kindness, it's a self-compassionate thing to do is to keep yourself safe. And then you can say things like, I am strong enough to do this. I can say no, I can stand up for myself. So when you put it all together, it sounds like this. This is not okay. I'm not the only one this has happened to, and I'm determined to stand up for myself. Another thing that Kristen F. likes to do as she teaches this is to add a bit of tenderness, a bit of comforting and nurturing self-compassion to it. Maybe putting another hand over your fist so that you can say, I'm taking care of myself. I have this clarity and I have this nurturing energy that in this resolve to go and stand up for myself, I'm doing it because I'm taking care of myself. And it mixes together these energies of action and fierce backbone, along with the energy of love and doing it out of care and concern, which changes the tone of what happens when you start to take action in the situation. The second self-compassion break is providing. It's for when we need to provide for or meet our needs. So think of a situation where your needs aren't being met. It might be something that kind of habitually happens where you just generally don't get this one need met, or it might be in this moment right now where you have a need for something that's not getting met. So first of all, the hard part is actually identifying those needs. Like, what do I have a need for? It's secondly also hard to speak up for those needs, but it's hard to identify what they are. 
The most helpful tool that I've found for identifying what our needs are is a needs inventory that is produced by the Center for Nonviolent Communication. So nonviolent communication is a way of kind of doing what we're doing right now. It's a way of asserting yourself and doing it while respecting the other person's wants and needs and thoughts and feelings also. So we can protect and provide for ourselves and still respect the other individual. And they have a needs inventory that includes needs for connection, like I need companionship, or I have a need for inclusion, or I have a need for nurturing, or I have a need for affection. They have other ones like physical well-being. I have a need for food on a regular basis. I have a need for rest or sleep. You might have a need for play or joy. You might have a need for harmony and peace. You might have a need for order or space or autonomy or freedom. Or you might have a need for clarity or competence, a need for discovery, hope, maybe even a need to continue learning. And the, having this list really broadened for me the ideas of what it is that I actually need. How can I find the words to describe what I need? Once you do have a need that's been identified, maybe you have a need for space, maybe you have a need to be heard, maybe you have a need for sleep, whatever that need is, you want to take a moment and have a self-compassion break around it using, again, the same three aspects. So the first part is mindfulness. And you might want to say something like, I'm aware of this need. This needs matters to me. My needs matter. This is important to me. Once you've taken a moment to be mindful of that need and to name it, the next step is to express our common humanity. I'm not the only one who needs these kinds of things. Other people have the same need that I do. And everyone's needs count, not just mine. So as I move forward, I can take everyone's needs into consideration, including mine. Then the last part is to be kind to ourselves. So we want to be kind to ourselves by saying something like, I deserve to have my needs met. I'm going to do what's necessary to meet my needs. I'm going to really commit to meet my needs the best that I can in this situation. When you really are self-compassionate in this way, it brings on a fierceness where you're saying, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm committed to do this. And there's a lot of energy to it. She even recommends before you have this little conversation with yourself that you sort of sit upright, roll your shoulders back and sit with a strong or stand with a strong stance that you feel that strength within you. And because you're feeling so strong, sometimes after you have this little self-compassion break, you're ready to just take off and take action, which is awesome. And at the same time, you might want to mix it with a little bit of that tender self-compassion that says, this is hard. The situation's probably hard on other people too. Let's mix that together. So that at the same time, I can move forward and take action, but not stomp on everybody else and take their needs into consideration too. The last self-compassion break is one that's designed to motivate a change within us. So if I want to change something, let's say I want to start exercising more, a lot of times I'm going to beat myself up. Come on, you can do this. You're being lazy. You've got this. Why are you doing this? Why won't you exercise? You know it's good for you. And you know how you have that self-talk in your head that's negative. The opposite of that negative self-talk is self-compassion. And we want to motivate ourselves in a way that's compassionate and filled with love for ourselves instead of trying to beat ourselves up into making this change. So again, we want to start with mindfulness and notice what's going on. Hey, I noticed that I have a vision here. I have a want here. I have a desire. I have a goal for what I want to have happen in my life. This is a possibility for me. 
then once you've noticed this moment that you actually do want to make a change, that it's not someone else, you know, pounding it on to you, or it's not some other expectation that you're wanting to meet, that you actually do want this change for yourself. The next step is to call up our common humanity and to say, everybody wants to make changes in their lives. Everybody has things that they don't like about themselves, that they're trying to develop and grow. Everybody has things that they're learning and are on a learning curve. It's normal to get things wrong before you get things right. It's normal to want to improve and grow and change. And then the last step is to be kind to ourselves in this moment by committing to ourselves to take action on these things that we want and not just let these things that we want fall to the ground. We could say to ourselves, I'm gonna help myself reach my goals. I'm gonna do what's necessary to take the first action step. Or you can even talk to yourself. I've got your back, I'm here for you, I support you. Or you could say, just try your best and see what happens. Again, at the end of this, you might be feeling kind of motivated and gung-ho to go change, but we want to bring in a tender self-compassion and energy to this at the same time, because two things are true at the same time. One is, I'm okay the way I am. I don't need to change to be worthy. I'm acceptable just the way I am. At the same time, I want to change. I have things that I want to improve. I have things that I want to be different. And so those can both be true at the same time. We can be just fine the way we are, and we can also want to develop personally and make changes in our lives. And the reason it's important to keep both of those in our mind at the same time is that when we set out to make those changes, if something happens where they don't pan out, it's okay. It's not like the outcome is the only thing that matters. It's that journey that matters. It's the tiny little experiments. It's the things that we try and fail or try and succeed. Either way, we learn something from the journey. When you put it all together, it sounds something like this. I have something that I want for myself, a change that I want for me. It's normal to not have made that change already. It's okay. It's normal to get it wrong before you get it right. So there might be a learning curve here. And I'm committed to being kind to myself in this process of reaching this thing that I want. Self-compassion can be kind and gentle. It can be comforting and nurturing and nourishing, but it can also be fierce. It can be protective. It can be providing for our needs and getting the things that we need for ourselves. And it can be motivating to make personal change. These little self-compassion conversations with ourselves seem like a, such a small thing. It seems like it might not make that big of a difference, but it does make a difference. It shifts our perspective. It shifts our motivation for why we're doing things. And it gives us the power and courage to stand up and do what we need to do. Self-compassion calls upon the best within us to take the difficult steps that we need to take in order to become the person that we want to become. You've got the steps now, a mindful moment, recognizing what's going on, what's hard right now, common humanity, where we recognize that we're not the only ones going through this, and self-kindness, where we think about what's the best thing to do for ourselves right now. What would be the best thing in the long run for us? What action could we take to stand up for ourselves? Now that you've got the three steps, give it a try. You could practice it right now, and it's worth the effort. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. 
You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.